welcome to Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell, holistic wellness coach, yoga and meditation teacher, personal trainer, and overall well-being enthusiast. I believe that we have been led off the wellness path in our modern way of living, and it's time that we get back to basics, back to our roots, back on our way to wellness. I take a balanced and wholesome approach when it comes to wellness, knowing that every action, every interaction, every environment and every breath that we take has an impact on our state of well-being. This podcast will debunk all of the myths that we have been sold about what it takes to be well. Humans are complex beings, but being well does not have to be complex. Each week, we will explore a piece of the holistic wellness puzzle where myself and special guests will share our insights that we have learned along our way to wellness to support you to live a well, happy and vibrant life. Join me on the way to wellness. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell. And this is our first episode for the new year. So welcome to 2021. I hope you've had a lovely holiday season and I hope you've really had some time for some rest and reflection and had some time to spend with loved ones. In today's episode, we are joined by Sammy from Still With Sammy. And Sammy is a mindfulness and mindset coach who is dedicated to helping others feel more empowered and fulfilled through meditation, mindfulness, and mastering their mindset. Through years of her own personal practice and self-development, as well as her training as a meditation teacher, Sammy's experienced in helping students deepen their connection with themselves and the world around them through self-awareness and self-reflection practices. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Sammy and I had some really great discussions on many different topics, so let's dive into the episode. In today's episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast, we are joined by Sammy from Still with Sammy. Sammy, how are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. And yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have a conversation with us today. So I guess just to start with, can you give us a little bit of a background of your story and how you became interested in this way of living and how you ended up becoming a meditation and mindfulness teacher? Yeah, sure. So Really, my uh, journey with mindfulness and meditation it actually started from quite a young age and I was really blessed to have a mum who was really interested also in meditation. So really from around the age of eight, around that time, I can recall meditating with my mum or at least attempting to. Um, obviously, as an eight-year-old, um, I thought I was meditating at the time. Um, but yeah, so it's always been this part of my life, really something that I've moved in and out of over the years. And um, in terms of my career, I actually started my career as a marketing consultant uh, for a financial services firm here in Australia. 
And in the lead up to that career, I guess a lot of my life and I'd been to university and, and done degrees and I was really working towards this corporate career that, that I really wanted to do. Um, and, you know, when I got there, I kind of, I, I got to the point that I wanted to and I really just started suffering from huge emotional, physical and mental burnout and um, it was actually quite just devastating and debilitating in my life. So I actually decided to leave that career and I worked with my sister for a while so she has her own business and I really took that time to just heal and redefine myself. Um, so much of my identity was wrapped up in my career. And I really, over this time, just felt this burning desire to lean back into what I found um, to be my truest self. And that was really that part of myself that was all about meditation and spirituality. And I wanted to lean back into this in a way that I could share it with others and help others. And, yeah, and really that is how my, um, my journey started. I just had this desire to help others and I went with that. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until um, something tragic happened in my life that really set me on this course for good. Um, and we can, we can chat about that if you want to. That was kind of leading into my next question, um, you know, when you said that you, I guess, experienced some level of burnout in corporate, which seems to be a common theme and particularly in, with women um, who work in our kind of well-being industry, would you say that that was a pivotal moment for you or was there something else that kind of you decided I need to, you know, take a new path with my life and also with the work that I'm doing? Yeah, so I would say that was really the beginning of the change for me in that, you know, going through that experience, I was just, I was no longer prepared to settle for having stress and anxiety in my life. My health was suffering um, quite severely and I just had had enough and I realised that, you know, I, I wasn't living in alignment with my true self, that part of myself that was connected to my spirituality and my, you know, mindfulness and meditation practice. So that definitely was the start of my journey. Um, but I would say the, the, the biggest catalyst was um, losing my dad. So I lost him uh, last year. Um, and it was unexpected. It was, not, you know, he wasn't unwell. It was just, um, yeah, he just had a heart attack and passed away. And really at that point, um, for me, it was realising how fragile life is and how short it is. And it's that, you know, if now's not the time, then when? You know, life, I'm not promised tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. And um, through that experience, that is when I really took the step and I founded Still With Semi. And I really took that burning desire and drive and passion and put it into something that I can do every single day that just uh, lights me up. So that is how, yeah, the business evolved. Um from definitely that burnout and not wanting that stress and anxiety in my life anymore and then that evolving into um, my business when I lost my dad. Yeah, um, it's obviously, you know, so upsetting when we have to go through something so 
difficult like that but I, I guess the blessing and the beauty the beauty in it is that you've been able to step forward and live your life while you are still alive and be able to help others um by doing that as well so that's really beautiful thank you for sharing that oh my pleasure yeah I, I really feel that you know I say to everyone now you know my dad gave me you know the greatest gift in his passing and that was really you know, the the learning that I gained out of it, which was, you know, to follow this path. And, yeah, it's, it, you know, from the most tragic of circumstances, um, it really has evolved into, yeah, something beautiful. And I'll always be grateful to him for that. Beautiful. And can you, I've got two more questions just about your personal life life before we shift gears and talk about your business can you just share with us a little bit of um what your your personal meditation practice looks like yeah sure so for me um I have a morning routine and I really um for my personal practice I'm very much about consistency and I'm not so pressured in time. So some some days, you know, on the weekend, I might have more time to meditate and during the week I might not have as much. But I really try and practice every day. Uh, during the week when things are busy, I like to obviously practice for a shorter amount of time, but I uh, combine my meditation practice with journaling. And then on the weekends, as I said, if I have more time, I like to extend my time in meditation and, um, you know, maybe meditate for an hour or do some other really beautiful sacred practices, um, yoga or a long bath or read a book or listen to a really inspiring podcast. So, yeah, my personal practice is obviously based in meditation but I am a huge advocate for bringing in other mindfulness um, techniques that suit the stage of your life or the stage of the day or, or anything like that. So, yeah, my personal practice, um, it's really varied and vast and I uh, obviously based in meditation, but I incorporate a lot of other amazing things into my practice. That's so wonderful and I think it's so important and particularly for mums too, um, for them to I guess, really give themselves permission to have that time for self-care and then, um, you know, once you recharge your batteries and then you're able to serve everyone else in your life from that space of being really full. Oh, absolutely. I remember after I left my corporate job and my son, he was still quite young, and obviously my corporate job, I was so anxious. I had no time for myself. I wasn't having that space to, you know, come home to myself and find that mental clarity and, and you know, self-soothe through, through all these beautiful practices. But I remember him saying to me, um, you know, a few years later that he goes, oh, mum, you don't yell as much anymore. You don't really get angry anymore. And I was like, wow, my son, who was still little, so he's, he's um, about to turn 12, but he still at that time was young, around seven, and I thought, Wow, the fact that he even absorbed that. So me looking after myself and going on my journey to healing myself and dealing with my emotions and anxiety and stress, um, you know, the ripple effect for my family, it's huge and it still is every single day. They see me meditate. They they see me model these practices and, um, yeah, it's the greatest gift we can give them. But, yeah, it's it's hard as a mum to find the space, but it's so worth it when we do. Yeah, that's so beautiful. 
And what would you say that stillness, so still uh, being still with Sammy is your business name. So obviously this sense of being still is something that's really important to you. So what would you say that stillness looks and feels like for you? Yeah, so stillness to me is, um, you know, often people think that that, you know, I'm just referring to meditation when I say still. But to me, stillness is really about that inner place of calm and we actually all have that inner stillness within us. It's just that events in life and the chaos of everyday life, stress and anxiety can pull us away from our calm centre. So stillness for me is about that inner knowing that I always have that calmness within and I can connect back to it whenever I need to. And it's this sense of returning home to your inner essence and your inner self. And your inner self is your constant calm. It's your place of stillness. And it's really just about learning to connect with that, uh, which is the beauty of working with teachers and coaches and helping you find that calm centre again. Um, So for me, when I'm still and I'm calm, I'm in flow and everything's aligned and I've got balance in my life and that's not to say that life isn't busy and chaotic um, but it's just to say that among that among the chaos and stress that that I can still connect with that inner calm at the end of the day or in moments in that day and um, you know that is what stillness is really all about and we all have that ability it's just tapping back into that and reconnecting with that part of ourselves. Yeah, so important. And it's almost like, um, I guess, taking the opportunity or having a look at your day or your week and looking for those little pockets of stillness that we can take advantage of and or even, you know, incorporating it into a morning or evening routine and just taking that opportunity, as you said, just to kind of rebalance and just ground yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And You know, I always say um, to my students that it doesn't need to be complicated. So finding that stillness, it doesn't mean it has to be an hour of meditation every day. That's not, for most people, that's not practical. But it's about how can you make uh, each part of your day more mindful? So how can you make just everyday things that you have to do? So, for example, cooking dinner. How can you make that more mindful? Maybe light a candle. Or maybe, um, you know, if you can afford it, buy organic produce. So there's other ways that you can bring mindfulness practices into things that you're already doing. And that's really um, what I'm a huge advocate for is that simple stillness. It can fit into your everyday busy life. It's just finding ways to incorporate that into what you're already doing um, and carving out a few moments here, here or there in your schedule. Beautiful. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit now and we'll talk about um, your business and what we can expect um, when we, if one of our students or one of our listeners wanted to come and work with you. So what would you say, or first up, can you share with us some of the benefits um, of a meditation and mindfulness practice? And, um, you know, for anyone who hasn't had an experience with these practices or they're an absolute beginner, what could they expect And what would the benefits be of cultivating this kind of practice? Sure. So I'll deal with um, the benefits of meditation first. So 
Meditation really is, it's so powerful on so many levels and probably most of us have heard about the emotional and mental benefits in that it gives us that time in our day to just uh, let go and relax and calm our body, calm our nervous system and really process how we're, what we're thinking and how we're feeling. So from an emotional and mental point of view, um, it really gives us that emotion regulation it helps us lower the stress response in our body and really just drop into that place of calm and, um, I guess, self-reflection, so understanding and making sense of how we're feeling in each moment. Um, but beyond that, on a physiological level, meditation and the benefits of a consistent practice are actually quite mind-blowing. So there is research um, that has shown that we can actually change the structure of our brains uh, through a consistent meditation practice. And um, it's been proven that um, consistent meditators have the ability to change the grey matter of their brain and uh, grow parts of the brain that are linked to emotion regulation and things like our working memory. So this is actually huge and it's really huge in the area of things like anxiety and depression. So being able to grow your brain in areas that regulate your emotions um, has some really, really great, uh, you know, impacts for people who um, are suffering with things like depression. And um, also being able to continue to grow and uh, your brain helps for things like ageing. So as we age, we all know that um, the natural process is that our brain does degenerate on some level, um, but it's actually been found that uh, consistent meditators, a brain age is seven years younger or up to seven years younger than non-meditators. So this is amazing. So the power of meditation isn't just that mental and emotional, which is so important, but actually your brain and your body can benefit um, on that physiological level. It also helps with things like heart disease and immune system. And there's so much information and I could go into so much more of it, but, um, yeah, it really is that part of the holistic health puzzle. It's on a standalone, um, it is so beneficial, but when you include it into a, this holistic life, it's, it's transformational. It's, it's huge. That's so, yeah, it's so powerful. And I guess you and I can probably not emphasize enough the absolute importance of incorporating a meditation practice into a holistic um, way of living, I guess. I'm such an advocate for that as well. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. Yeah, for sure. It's so important. And, you know, and I think it's important to set that expectation that, um, you know, while a meditation practice on its own is fantastic, it's really so much more powerful when you can integrate it with other areas of your um, health journey. So looking after your body and um, in your health in other ways as well. And can you share with us, Sammy, a little bit about the benefits of a mindfulness practice as well? Yeah, sure. So obviously um, one way of being mindful is meditation, um, but there are also other ways, um, you know, to be mindful and that's through things like journaling or a beautiful um, self-care practice. 
And really when we're being ourselves the ability to just step back a little bit from you know all of that that's going through our mind all of the the monkey mind as we call it and a lot of the time when we're in our mind and in that space a lot of our thoughts are coming from you know this fear-based mentality and being able to step away from that for a little bit through being mindful um, is really really beneficial um, because it allows us to self-reflect, uh, which is one of the most powerful things we can do in that it gives us an opportunity to look at things, um, you know, without all of that emotion and fear attached to it. And it allows us to just be able to process uh, events, experiences in that way. So, yeah, being able to be mindful gives yourself the space just to process everyday life and just to connect with yourself in in a way that works for you so as i said meditation is one way to be mindful uh, but there are also other beautiful mindfulness practices yoga journaling uh, exercising i would even say is a way to be mindful going for a walk um, whatever it is so all of those things allows you to really nurture um, that emotional space within you that's so important and what would you say is the most common challenge that clients are struggling with or that they're facing in their life uh, when they come to see you? I would definitely say um, for mums in particular, it's overwhelm. I think for mums, the mental load is extraordinary. Uh, we're constantly not only worried about the kids, but we're trying to keep track of their health, um, you know, friends, what's going on at school, also running the household. Um, so that mental overwhelm, um, definitely, and not having the time to to practice and to have these mindfulness moments. And I think that that can feel really challenging, um, especially to, you know, if we're really busy or if we are in a headspace where we don't value that self love and that self-care um so definitely i think the biggest thing is firstly for when i deal with clients and work with them is changing their mindset around mindfulness and self-care that it's okay it's not selfish and and you deserve this sacred time um, and once we get the mindset right then we can actually learn the practice and that's why I, uh, you know, I say that I'm a mindfulness and mindset coach because I really combine the two and one without the other really um, isn't going to bring about this long-lasting change in your life. So it's really, yeah, dealing with that mindset shift is definitely one of the most common challenges that I see. Um, and then also uh, when it comes to, in particular, meditation, this misconception that, you know, you need to stop thinking in order to meditate well. This, this one is huge and I see it all the time in beginner meditators, um, the frustration with not being able to stop thinking and, and thinking that then they won't ever be able to meditate. Um, I would say that if you are a beginner, it's highly unlikely that you are going to stop thinking 100% of the time. And rather, I like to work with clients to lean into what they're thinking. What insight is that providing? And then how can we together extend the space in between the thoughts? 
So it's not about letting getting rid of them. It's about acknowledging that they're there and then working to extend the time in between the moments of thinking um, that is the most beneficial. So, yeah, they're probably the two most common things, just the mindset around finding the space and acknowledging sacred time and then also working um, with that thinking and, and thoughts during meditation and, and learning how to extend that, that stillness within the practice. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the many, many benefits of coming to work with a, a, a teacher and a mentor is that, you know, the students get the opportunity to to get the correct information. Like you said, a lot of time there's maybe a misconception about what they should expect from a meditation practice. So that was really important that you touched on that. And also, I guess, with the mindset, I, I guess you could relate that to any um you know, big change that you're trying to implement in your life. If you haven't got your mindset right, it's it's probably a lot less likely that you're going to be able to make these changes on a long-term basis. So really, really important work there as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think really uh, mindset is is the big work. And then from there, once once you've got your mindset right, you really can go on the most beautiful journey of welcoming whatever it is you want to welcome into your life. And a lot of our challenges and our blocks um, come from um, our mindset and those inner fears and that inner voice that tells us we can't do something or we're too busy to do something. Um, a lot of that is coming from that fear-based mentality. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. Are you ready to step into the highest version of yourself? Are you ready to upgrade your well-being in a personalized and holistic way? If the answer is yes, I'd love to invite you into my one-on-one -on -one private wellness coaching program that is now open for enrollments in January 2021. It's time to take control of your health and your life. It's time to step into the light and to share your light. It's time to live a well and happy life. It's time to reconnect with your true self. For full details of the program or to book a connection call with me, head to beckrussell.com. Now let's get back into the episode. And what can clients expect when they come to work with you? Do you have one-on-one -on -one mentor opportunities? Do you have groups or do you have like a set program that you usually work with? How does it work? Yep, sure. So um, first and foremost, I guess I would say that they can expect that, you know, I will always hold open and loving and non-judgmental space for them. Um, I'm huge on that and it's something that I pride myself on as a teacher. Um, but from a practical point of view, I really offer my clients many ways to engage with me. So I do have face-to-face -face classes. Um, so they're in the Sutherland Shire. So if you're based in that area, um, you can come to my weekly drop-in class on a Saturday. But I also offer um, online classes, uh, workshops, mindset coaching. And I'm really about making meditation and mindfulness accessible to everyone um, so, yeah, I offer my services in, in whatever way works best for the individual. Um, so, for example, I've just finished a beginner meditators course and some of my students would drop into class live 
And for others, I would record the class and send that to them because they couldn't get to the live and it didn't work for them. So I'm really about being flexible with my services, um, teaching in a way that is conducive to the learning styles of each, each of my students. And, um, yeah, so all of that information would be on my socials or via my website. But, um, yeah, we can do one-on-ones. There's also class environments, workshops, courses and things like that. And do you have any tips for anyone who is new to meditation who perhaps is a little bit hesitant or resistant to beginning a practice? You know, they've heard about the benefits. They're kind of curious about starting, but they also have a little bit of hesitation. Do you have any advice for anyone that might be experiencing that? Sure. So firstly, I would say, um, you know, if you are able to drop, drop into a local class or connect with a meditation teacher who can guide you and, and help you, because it's really lovely to have that, that person you can turn to, to ask for questions. Um, But if that's not accessible to you, and that's absolutely okay, then I would say just start small with yourself and be gentle and don't look at meditation as having an end goal. Um, It's really a journey. So start with even two minutes a day, just closing your eyes and connecting with your breath and do that for a couple of weeks. And when you find that you've been able to incorporate that as a habit, then look at extending the time and then make it three minutes and, and so on and so forth. So Really remove the expectation that you'll sit down and you're going to start meditating for half an hour every single day. Um, I think be gentle, take it slow. And as I said before, really consistency is probably more important than amount of time that you're spending. So if you find that five minutes a day is all you can do in your life for now, um, then stick with that and and don't put the pressure on yourself that you have to do it uh, for longer. That's a really important point too, isn't it? it, You know, we often, if, you know, we get excited about taking up something new that we, especially if we know it's going to benefit us and thinking that we need to meditate for an hour a day or something like that as an example. And, you know, we really need to take the pressure off ourselves and be realistic, I guess, about how much time we can dedicate to the practice um, to be able to keep that consistency. So I'm glad that you touched on that as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the other thing that I would also say is, um, you know, meditation and meditative practices are so vast. So if sitting down in meditation is not working for you one day, perhaps think of other ways that you can uh, extend that or look at other things. So, for example, I just recently taught some of my students um, how to do a walking meditation. And for one of my students in particular, she was finding it really hard to sit down, especially on days that she was anxious and restless. So for her, having the option of a walking meditation to get out in nature, to move that energy through her body, have a different outlet, um, really worked for her. So don't think that if on some days you are finding it challenging to sit in stillness, that you have to stop your journey there. Uh, there are other ways that you can still um, use the benefits and the philosophy and I guess of meditation in other ways. So there's meditative drawing and meditative dancing and there's so many other things. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone wants to learn more about that, I'm always here. But I would definitely say don't don't narrow um, 
your focus with meditation. It is so vast and and what works for one might not work for another. So just be flexible with your journey and practice. Yeah, beautiful. And Sammy, do you have any thoughts about guided versus non-guided meditations? Yes, um, great question. I love this. <laughs> so I would say, and this is what I've said to my students in the recent course, that when you're starting, guided is great because you are a little bit uncertain about where you're going and perhaps how to start your meditation journey. And for me, every now and then I still listen to guided because I like to just let go a bit of control as a teacher and, and be guided by another but I would say if you are looking to develop your personal practice for the long term, it's really important not to rely on that guided audio. So it's really important to learn how to meditate for yourself and how to guide yourself through meditation. And that's all about learning how to connect with your body, how to ground yourself, how to connect with your breath, how to relax parts of your body and what techniques are best for the goal or however you're feeling on that day. So on that day, if you um, you might want to do an inquiry meditation, if you have a question you want to sit with, or you might do a mantra meditation for some soothing. So it's really, yeah, I love guiding in the beginning. Um, as I said, it does help you start your practice, but I definitely, definitely recommend not to rely on it because in, in that way, you're actually not learning yourself um, how to meditate. You're more just being guided by somebody else. Yeah. Okay. That's really great to know. Thanks for sharing that with us. Now, I'm just going to steer, steer away a little bit here and come back to you. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, can you share with us what your number one priority is when it comes to your own personal well-being? Sure. So when, yeah, so my number one priority for myself, um, and this is why I advocate it so much, is consistency. So I have a morning routine and I very, very rarely deviate from that. So for me, that morning routine, it doesn't just include meditation. Um, it includes, you know, how I like what time I wake up, what breakfast I have. It includes journaling. It includes then meditation. Uh, it includes my schedule and things like that. So to me, having a consistent morning routine um, is a number one priority because it helps me start the day off well. It helps me already fit in my mindfulness practices and it really just gives me consistency and clarity in each day. And I really, really, as I said, I am a human being. So, of course, there are some days where it doesn't all go to plan. Um, but definitely my number one priority for myself is consistency in my practice. Yeah, and I'll just say here, I'm very much like you. I like routine um, and, you know, consistency as well. But I, I think it's important to point out here that that might not work for everyone because um, I know I've got some friends who like to, I guess, have a little bit more fluidity in the way that they spend their mornings as an example. So just because Sammy and I like to be consistent and like to be in routine, it might not necessarily work for everyone. Absolutely. And I think that is the biggest thing, you know, to really note is that 
that, as I said before, that flexibility in your practice and leaning into what works for you and what works for one and might not work for another. So always come back to what you need, what's going to serve you and your day best. And, you know, some, as I said, maybe the morning routine doesn't work for you. Maybe it's the five minutes in the afternoon, you know, before you have your afternoon tea or whatever it is. So, yeah, 100% agree with that, Beth. It's all about flexibility and, and connecting with what works best for you. Yeah, and this is, I guess you've kind of just answered this question. Um, I was going to ask you if you had any other non-negotiable practices that really support you to keep yourself, you know, in the highest expression of yourself. So you've mentioned that you've got your morning routine that really helps with that. Are there any other practices or any other non-negotiables that help you to get through your day? Yeah, it's not so much it's not so much a practice, um, but more um, about I guess the non-negotiables in terms of the respect around my practice. So uh, as I mentioned, my morning routine involves journaling and meditation. And really in my house, um, you know, I've set those really loving and clear boundaries with other people in my home that they also respect my morning practice. So, um, you know, for example, if I'm meditating and my children accidentally walk into the room, they know not to talk and they quietly leave and close the door. And I've really set some boundaries around my journal and the privacy that I that I expect when it comes to my journal and journaling time. So, um, yeah, I think that that is my non-negotiable, my boundaries around my practice and, you know, my kids and my husband, you know, when they respect those boundaries, that's, you know, it's great for our relationships because I feel so loved and supported on my journey. And I definitely think that, um, yeah, those non-negotiables around my boundaries and my practice is definitely um, very supportive and helpful, um, yeah, on my journey for sure. Yeah, I love that you shared that. It's so important. And I think just looping back to where we spoke earlier about, um, you know, mums, for example, who might struggle with, I guess, a sense of guilt or something like that when they really want to have a practice. And I, I think that, you know, if you just talk to your family and talk to your partner or if you live in a shared space and explain to them how important it is for you, I'm sure that they're more than happy to be accommodating and supportive of it. Absolutely. And this is, um, you know, some of the things that I've worked on with clients in the past is, you know, getting them to the point where they feel the, the confidence in having that conversation. So, for some, and there's no right or wrong, but for some, it doesn't come naturally to them to ask for that time for themselves and they can feel that sense of selfish or they're not doing the right thing. Um, so a lot of that work that I also do is, a, is around enabling clients, giving them the confidence and empowerment to have those conversations and set those boundaries with those that they love. And for me, as I said, when I set those boundaries and the people that I love understand them and stick to them, it makes me feel so respected. So it's just a really, you know, sometimes people think boundaries can be a negative thing, but actually when you set boundaries for yourself, you're showing yourself love and respect. And then when others that you love meet those boundaries, it's also a beautiful way that they can show that they love and respect you as well. So, yeah, it's so important, but it definitely is uh, one of those things to work towards to be able to have those conversations and set those boundaries around your self-love and care and, and practices. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Mm. Now moving on to the next question, what would you say is the greatest lesson that you have learnt so far along your journey? Oh, wow, so many lessons. I feel like I learn daily. <laughs> I like this, you know, it's a continual journey. Um, but I think the greatest lesson that I have learned, especially with the loss of my dad and the challenges that I've had in my life, is that to trust the universe and don't fight it and just accept what flows in and out of your life with the knowing that wherever you are is where you're meant to be. And often, especially when we're going through challenges, it's so easy, and I know I've done this myself, it's so easy to slip into that mindset of why did this happen and, and you know, life is hard. And, and at the time, and especially for me on my grief journey, I couldn't see why that would happen. But now I just, yeah, it's another lesson to trust the universe. It has a plan. And, yeah, I just think that the universe knows what it's doing and when we can accept and lean into that, it really can um, give us the greatest blessings and just allow our, ourselves to let go of a bit of control. We can't control everything in our life. You know, surrender to the universe. Let the universe take over because, um, yeah, it definitely knows what it's doing. So I would say that is my greatest lesson so far to just learn to trust the universe. Yeah, that's a really good lesson and it's one if we haven't... Um already learnt it so far in our life it, it would be a really great opportunity for us to lean into that a little bit and I guess like you said let go of the grip a little bit and surrender and I guess practice that sense of non-attachment and yeah I mean I, I guess we can take inspired action towards the life that we want but also just you know knowing the fact that we're co-creating with the universe and just allowing the universe to take take the wheel for a little bit as well Absolutely. And I think it's this sense, um, you know, as you said, taking inspired action and this, you know, it goes to the heart of manifesting. It's like putting it out to the universe and calling in what you want in your life and then you taking those beautiful, inspired, intentional actions. So it's that's exactly right, Beth. It's working with the universe and trusting that there is a grand plan for you, uh, whether you can see it or not right now. Um, lean into that and yeah and it's it's nice to have that trust in something that it's not all on your shoulders and yeah I love that I can look to the universe for that guidance and support sometimes yeah and Sammy as we wrap up this beautiful chat today is there anything else that you'd like to share any final words or any wisdom that we haven't covered yet so far Look, I think we've covered a lot. Thank you so much for the chat. It's been beautiful and inspiring. But I would just leave by saying that really everyone deserves to put themselves as a priority. Look after yourself first. Once you do that, you will be able to give so much more to everyone around you. And I would also say when you can lead with your heart and when we get to this place where we can lead with an open heart, um, and not let the pressures and disappointments and challenges in life close our heart. Um, you know, we really can avoid so much suffering for ourselves and others. So, yeah, I would like to say if you can keep that with you, lead with an open heart and, um, and yeah, that would be my last little final word of wisdom. <laughs> I love that so much and I couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
can you share with us um, where we can learn a little bit more about you and, and the work that you do and how we can stay connected with you and also any upcoming offers or events that you might have coming up? Yeah, sure. So you can find me on socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, both are at Still With Sammy. Uh, and then my website is under the same name, stillwithsammy.com.au. Um, so, yeah, I've got awesome stuff planned for 2021. I'm really excited. I've got some, I've got actually an upcoming online vision board masterclass. So this is on the 10th of January. It's an online Zoom class and we're going to create our 2021 vision boards together. And I'm going to show you how to create the vision board and then how to use the power of manifesting to bring it to life. So that is going to be a really amazing masterclass online. So anybody can access that in Australia. Um, and then more at, as we move towards February, I'm doing a face-to-face -face journaling for joy workshop uh, in Cronulla, which is in the Sutherland Shire. So if you're local to that area, that's on the 13th of Feb. And that's all about using the power of journaling for, um, you know, transformational growth, self-reflection, gratitude, joy, and deep, deep inner healing. So, yeah, I'm really excited about those. And um, I have my private meditation classes online. You can book through the website or join me face-to-face -face next year. So, yeah, you can find all of that um, on Instagram, Facebook at Still With Sammy. Sammy, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today to share all of your wisdom and all of your learnings that you've learned along your way to wellness. So thank you again so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so, so much for having me. That's it for another episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. You can connect with Sammy at Still with Sammy on both Instagram and Facebook. You can visit Sammy's website at www.stillwithsammy.com.au. You can follow the podcast at Way to Wellness podcast and your host, Beck Russell, at underscore Beck Russell. And remember, if you loved this episode, please share it with somebody who you think might enjoy listening or leave us a rating or a review. We really, really appreciate it. Until next time, take good care of yourself and I'll chat to you all again soon.